Drift is made possible by Sierra Sil Joint Formula 14, a natural anti-inflammatory for joint pain with a money-back guarantee. See the details at sierrasil.com. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.com and use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to Drift. Usually here we tell you stories, whether classics from F. Scott Fitzgerald or Oscar Wilde or Rudyard Kipling, or simply long-known tales of gallantry and happily ever after. But this time, we've got a little departure as we dip our toes into cooling waters on a perfect summer day with friends, quite literally just adrift. But before we get to Drifting on a Lazy River by Diane Allengame, Drift is made possible by my sleep sisters, Kathy and Kim, two RNs who founded Envy Pillow. I first found Envy Pillow several years ago when I was suffering from stress neck pain. Envy Pillow is the certified natural pillow infused with copper antimicrobial and collagen boosting copper and you know what if you don't love your envy pillow not only will they return your money but they'll also donate your pillow to a shelter plus use the code drift to receive 10 percent off anything you purchase there learn more in the morning at envy pillow that's e-n-v-y pillow.com and sleep with the best Okay, let's take a few deep breaths together as you get set to drift off. We'll start with a big inhale and out. Great. And we'll do it again, this time consciously dropping our shoulders, releasing their hold. Ready? In and out. Now to just start at your feet, and if you're able, swivel them at the ankles. Now, other direction. If you can, move up and clench your calves, holding and releasing. Now do the same with your thighs and backside. Clench and let go. Letting your body sink into whatever recliner, your bed, your airline or train seat, wherever you are. Now to your belly. Here, just take another big breath and fill your chest and your tummy. Now exhale and relax. Keeping your shoulders down, let's move to your arms and hands. Clench your fists And now relax. And finally, to your face. Let your jaw hang limp. No more tightening there. No need to be careful with your words. Now relax your eyes. Close them heavily. Your eyebrows. Let them drop. And just let your neck release its hold and your head rest heavy on your pillow. And just before we get ready 
to head off onto a beautiful river and drift to sleep. Take one more inhale. And as you exhale, think these words. I am safe. I am loved. I am at peace. And if you're ready, let's drift. They all agreed it was the perfect day for a river adventure. The sun blanketed all in its gentle glow, and the air was warm, not too hot. Midsummer was in full, vibrant bloom as the five women stood on the bank beside the clear and slow-moving waters of a peaceful river. Are you sure this is safe? Mandy asked the impossibly young and handsome tour operator. He laughed as he handed out their life jackets, having heard the question more times than he could possibly count from clients of all ages. Safe as anything, he replied with a big wink. Mandy thought his confidence might be a tad overplayed, but said nothing. She chose instead to lean into his mood and just go with the flow. She smiled at the thought of how literal that was going to be today. Each of the bright blue rafts resembled an inflatable kiddie pool with an elongated shape and backrest. Come on, girls, this is going to be great, exclaimed Christine, the organizer of the trip as she pushed off with her kayak paddle. Chris and her friends met while at university. They formed a bond over an exam mishap and graduated as close friends. As happens with so many relationships, the physical gap among them widened as time spent together became more precious. Busy with new jobs, weddings, babies, and life in general, through it all, they made the effort and stayed in touch. Impossibly, it was now some forty years since those early days, and what started out as an annual break from little kids and busy careers was now a chance to reconnect and have fun. Christine usually took the lead in planning their adventures, and the group was happy to let her do so. Some years they had taken road trips for a cabin stay and gentle hikes. Others had included a concert from a band that was hardly remembered now, but was a big name in their school days. There were high teas with frilly hats, afternoons in wine country, and days spent learning floral arrangement. No matter what activity Chris chose, the focus of the day or evening was always really on each other, and the group as one. Today, as she did with all of their events, Chris was also leading on the water. She was already in the front raft, her gray ponytail swinging out of her ball cap, strong arms gripping the paddle. Shelley followed slipping a bit as she wiggled into the soft mesh in the middle of the ring. She caught her breath 
as the coolness of the water hit her backside. Why do we let you talk us into these things? She called out to Chris. Because you know you're going to love it, came the reply. Next in the river was Liz, whose bubbly personality seemed to extend to the tips of her curly hair. Even gray, it was delightfully youthful and the secret envy of several in the group. No one noticed the care with which she entered her raft, lines of worry on her forehead as she found her balance. Karen and Mandy were last to take their places in the rafts. Up ahead, Chris was getting tired of holding her vessel against the current and yelled at them all to get going. They exchanged eye rolls and were helped by the staff. Mandy considered herself the least athletic of the bunch and had some reservations about the trip, although she told herself that the river was doing the work. So how hard could it be? Karen was the quietest of the group. She was happiest listening to most conversations. Ever the observer, once she got comfortably seated, she pulled out her waterproof camera and began to document the trip. Candid, warm, and special moments to share once the memories had begun to fade. Dipping their paddles down to where it touched the white rocks below, they all gingerly shoved their rafts away from the safety of shore and into the river, which was broad and, for the most part, slow-moving. Gradually, as the riverbank seeped further and further away, the sensation of floating was delicious. And for several minutes, the group just let the river carry them. Karen and Mandy had joined their rafts together. The others were close by. The distant sounds of civilization faded into the background. It seemed the farther they were from the lives they left behind, the more a sense of sinking into peace and silence enveloped each of them. As their rafts meandered further downstream, it was impossible not to become attuned to the music of nature, the hum and buzz of insects, the chirps of crickets, and the occasional whine of a cicada, the electronic-sounding anthem of summer. Liz closed her eyes, absorbing the quiet. The sun poked through the overhead tree branches, dancing on the water, and creating alternating patches of brightness and shade. She embraced how the raft twisted slightly in the current, giving her a changing view of the riverbank and of her friends. A dragonfly zoomed in and landed on the side of her raft, its iridescent wings shimmering in the sunlight. It was a large one. Liz thought, 
and she stared at its double set of transparent wings with their tiny veins of black. She wondered how something so fragile could survive in this wild world. And as if to answer her, it took off, hovered for a moment, and disappeared from her view. Just then, the raft bumped slightly, shaking her from her focus and giving her a moment's worry. Her doctor had warned Liz to be very careful about physical activity, but she couldn't turn the girls down. After all, if a dragonfly could survive, so could she. Chris stayed in the lead, using her paddle to push the raft away from the banks. She kept her eye on the group, especially Karen and Mandy who always seemed to need just a little extra help. Chris didn't mind this. The duo had always been this way, and their vulnerability only added to her affection for them. How many times had they returned from a night out at the campus clubs and found themselves locked out of their dorm room? As always, it was Chris who located the student who'd volunteered for duty that night, who could let them in their room, but not before a lot of giggling in the hallway. What fun those days were. So many worries, and yet so few cares. Little did they all know. As Chris resumed her focus on the river ahead, an enormous weeping willow seemed to float into view, its long, supple branches swaying in the breeze and dipping into the river, kissing the water as if seeking its refreshment on this perfect July day. The vision of the tree opened a portal in Chris's memory, back to an equally sweet time and the willow at her grand's house. How the bright yellow-green branches reached the ground, making a natural fort for her. As a young girl, she spent her first night ever outside in its protective care and endeavored for the rest of her life to return its graceful favor in caring for the environment the way that it had that night for her. Shelley let her hands trail in the river, the water beating on the top of her freckled arms. The unease she felt today was incongruous with her surroundings. Somehow, doing nothing seemed slightly wrong, somehow immoral. She thought about the mountains of laundry at home being generated by her daughter and grandchildren who came to stay in the spring and were still there. She couldn't remember if the broccoli casserole came out of the freezer for their supper. Mentally weary from taking on a parenting role again in her sixties, she rested her head on the back of the raft and closed her eyes, aware for several minutes of the pattern of alternating light and dark flickering and playing upon her eyelids. 
Karen and Mandy exchanged some good-natured grumbling about Chris and where the heck she would take them next. Mandy suggested that there was probably a set of rapids in the river, and that was the secret agenda. Karen was alarmed at the suggestion, until she saw Mandy roll her eyes and smile. Karen was pleased to have remembered her old waterproof camera. There was such a unique viewpoint here, low on the river. Its banks were especially interesting, revealing rocks and roots and the whisper-thin layer of topsoil that supported the riverside flowers and grass. From time to time, she spotted birds flitting about and hoped to see a kingfisher or osprey. The friends became increasingly quiet as the river cast its spell upon them individually and as a group. This eon's old body of water, taking them where it wanted and when it wanted. And while it was challenging for each of them to relinquish control, it became easier, just a bit more natural, with each passing moment. Each woman sank into her own private reverie, the water rocking their busy minds and souls into a place of quiet and peace. Whenever there was an opening in the overhead branches, the clouds presented a slowly changing slideshow of images. Karen couldn't remember the last time she had taken a moment to look at clouds. Also pondering the clouds, Shelley could recall. It had been last week on a backyard picnic with her granddaughter, who fell asleep curled up beside her after finding dragons and teddy bears in the sky. Chris watched the clouds, too, noting the cumulus clouds of a hot summer day which may or may not lead to late-day thunderstorms. Sometimes she wished she could be more imaginative, but it didn't seem to be in her nature. Still, she was enjoying it all, despite her busy leader's mind and tendencies. Further down the river they floated, the five of them, around a wide curve the river stretched out further across, and the group was startled by several cows grazing near the water. The cows looked at them with large, dispassionate eyes as their jaws continued to chew. Hey, one of the women piped up, doesn't that cow remind you of old Professor Thwaite in the comparative literature class we took first year? the way he would stare right at you while he chewed his gum? The comparison resonated with all of them, the spell of silence broken with echoes of their laughter. Chris suggested they tie their rafts together. Besides making it easier to keep track of everyone, she also knew it would help them hear each other better. Well, Chris, I have to hand it to you called out Shelley, 
as she adjusted her wide-brimmed hat. This is a pretty cool thing. My kids won't believe I'm doing it. I'll have the proof, piped up Karen. I brought my camera, and I've made sure that it can't be damaged by water. Mandy groaned and tried to sink deeper into her raft. Oh, for heaven's sake, don't take any of me. I can't tell where the rubber raft ends and my own rolls begin. For once, quiet Karen was quick to comment. Aw, oh, come on, Mandy. You look like a movie star with that hat and your fabulous sunglasses. And what about that gown you wore last year at your son's wedding? Wow, you could rival Martha Stewart for a senior cover girl. Mandy flicked water in the general direction of Karen, and she laughed. She'd struggled with her weight seemingly her whole life, including those college years when everyone was expected to put on the dreaded freshman 15. But maybe, finally, she was coming to terms with it. She had just recently made a conscious decision to eat healthy foods and walk as much as possible. The rest? Well, the rest of it was just going to have to take a back seat. Life was too short to obsess about anything. Rafting together as a group felt different than it had at the beginning, as they moved more slowly, like the petals of one flower, all within touch of each other. Chris, who took her leader's role seriously, despite the relaxation of the day, continued to keep an eye out for rocks, but saw nothing ahead of their gentle party but the sparkling river. Several quiet moments passed again, and even an outsider could observe that this was a most relaxing experience for the quintet. To a person, they each thought it was the most grounded if one can be on water, that they had felt in years. Chris's attention was drawn to Liz, who had repositioned herself. Not an easy thing to do in a raft. Several times. Chris thought she would break the silence with a question about her friend's husband. Hey, Liz, how are things with Rick these days? Liz tucked a few loose curls behind her cap. Oh, Rick is fine. Thanks for asking. The specialist says the bypass was a success, and I think he feels better than he did before his heart attack. But wouldn't you know it, I've had a diagnosis too. All eyes turned towards Liz. Those words heard in this age group, mm, never good news. I fell a couple of months ago and cracked my tailbone. They found I have fairly advanced osteoporosis. So I'm on some heavy-duty meds, and I go for physio, and I'm a regular at the gym, so they think we can hold off any further loss for a while. But it sort of surprised me. I mean, until this, I haven't had to take any medication. Now I have this thing, and it isn't going to go away. Karen reached over and touched Liz's arm. Oh, I'm so sorry, honey. 
but you're not going to go through whatever this thing is alone. Whenever one of us had a baby or was sick, you were always the one who came to the door with casseroles and soup. And when I lost Steve, you were such a support, just showing up and doing stuff when I couldn't even think straight. You were a lifesaver. The others added their support. Liz was the one who sent the most emails, remembered birthdays and other special times. And they didn't know it, but she had special gifts waiting for them in her car to commemorate their river trip. Each of her friends would receive a handmade card, which took hours to make, but was a keepsake in and of itself. Hey, maybe suggest card-making to Chris next time, she thought. Liz felt a tear begin to run down behind her sunglasses. Thanks, guys. It'll be okay, I know. And it could be worse. Well, it can always be worse, said Karen. That doesn't mean it isn't hard news to hear. But we're here for you, remember that. You don't always have to be the cheery one. It's okay to say this stinks, as I well know, she added with a half laugh. And how are things with you, Karen? asked Shelley, as she dipped her foot into the water soaking her water shoe but delighting in the coolness. Her foot acted like a rudder and moved the raft slightly into the middle of the river. Karen paused before answering. Her girlfriends all knew her husband, and they had all mourned his early death. How would they not? He was a good man, and their marriage, while not always a fairy tale, had been happy and filled with love. So, how would they react to her news? Here goes. Well, I'm actually doing really well. I, I met someone, yes, online, and um, we've been seeing each other. What? Dish the dirt, girl! exclaimed Mandy. We want all the details, chimed Liz. Is he good in bed? Then... After a pause, and the laughter subsided, Chris added, Are you serious about him? Karen laughed and shook her head. Slow down. Just <laughs> slow down. It's only been a couple of months. We're still just friends. Mandy groaned. What are you waiting for? At our age, we don't buy green bananas anymore, right? The others laughed. Well, all I can say is that I feel lighter than I have since Steve died. It's good to have someone to share things with again. Each of her friends added their assurances that they were happy for Karen. As much as they had loved Steve, they were delighted in her newfound companionship, the friendship and whatever it might one day become. While we're getting updates, Karen continued, Shell, what's the scoop with that brood of yours? Shelley was feeling the heat and fanning herself with her hat. She dipped 
its brim in the water and put it back on with a small squeal as the cool water trickled down her neck. Gee, where to begin? Lindsay moved in with us, with Paige and Ryan. I'd forgotten how much activity little kids generate, and laundry, too. Justin and his wife Tiff moved back from the West, so now I babysit the twins once a week. Kyle's still living in the city. They come to visit when there isn't something more exciting going on, you know? Thanks to Shelley and her loving and accepting ways, the group had learned a great deal about children who identify in non-binary ways. Even hearing the appropriate pronouns sounded natural to them now, although as English majors it had at first been a grammatical struggle. I don't know how you find so much time and energy, said Christine, who was outwardly satisfied with her decision not to have children, but still couldn't help harboring some deeply buried fears that somehow she was missing out, different in that way from her long-time friends. Well, Chris, it's not so far off that time you donate to your naturalist club and the animal shelter. That takes a lot out of you but it gives so much back. Are you still fostering dogs with special needs? Yep, got one at home right now that only has three legs. She's a sweetheart, and even without a leg, she is a lot to keep up with. But we're really getting to bond, and I might even keep her. Shelley continued, Kids, dogs, as long as it's a cause you believe in, the time and energy just appear. The group fell quiet again. The first tiny ripples could be seen ahead. Without the protective branches of trees above, the sun was warm and direct, but still broken by the clouds and their magic images. High above, a bird circled lazily, Chris knew it to be a turkey vulture, soaring on a thermal current. Wings spread on the dihedral, she noted. But she kept that fact to herself. Shelley closed her eyes again and wished this carefree feeling of drifting could go on forever. Buoyed by the raft, close to her sisters of choice, and watching life go by, instead of always being in the driver's seat or the laundry room, was a wonderful feeling. Liz shifted again, watching the upcoming ripples with a bit of trepidation. Chris sensed her unease and told her, we're just crossing a sandbar and not rocks. No whitewater rafting for you guys today, she teased. Don't worry, Liz, I'm watching out for you. Karen kept her camera handy and enjoyed the passing scenery. Butterflies flirted with each other in the tall grass and flowers that grew in glorious confusion on the river bank. Chris squinted a bit. Did you see that little muskrat? At the word rat, Mandy pulled her feet out of the water, as did Shelley. Don't worry, he's swimming away from us, Chris assured them. And he's not really a rat. Mandy kept her feet out of the water. 
You said no critters, Chris. <laughs> but honestly, this is so much more fun than I thought it'd be. Thank you so much for organizing it for us. It was so hard during COVID when we had to share our wine over Zoom. Remember when Karen's cat knocked her glass over on her keyboard? Oh, that was priceless. Well, it had a price tag, all right, Karen said. I never did get the old one to work properly again, so I bought a new one. Keyboard, that is. I still have the cat. I wonder how many friendships got whacked by COVID, mused Liz. It was such a struggle to stay connected and then reconnect after the fact, even for us. Well, thank goodness for food, said Mandy. It's the great connector. You guys have your wine, but I'll take a good meal any time. A good vegetarian meal, teased Karen. Only if I'm starving, replied Mandy, who had grown up on pierogies and cabbage rolls and didn't consider a meal complete without some form of meat. Speaking of which, hope you're all ready for our post-float picnic. Before they could answer, Chris saw the takeout point approaching. Okay, ladies, it's coming up. We'll have to push ourselves over to the left. I see the trip folks are there. They're ready to help us. With a slight feeling of relief that was overshadowed by a whiff of sadness, none of them wanted the magic afternoon to end. But as all good things do, it too had to wind down and gradually they maneuvered their way to the side of the river. Before long, the friendly hands of the trip people grabbed the ropes and pulled the raft up onto the gravel shore. How was it, ladies? said the toothsome guide who had helped them to embark on their gentle adventure. Ready to go whitewater next time? His question was answered with laughter and a chorus of emphatic, Nose. Chris, who had been on fast water before, just smiled and shook her head. Having gathered their few belongings, and with the help of strong arms pulling them from their rafts, the women found their footing on the gravel, and arm in arm made their way to the nearby spot where their cars had been left hours earlier. In a matter of minutes, there were soft blankets and cushions spread on a hillside under a pair of large maple trees. Ooh, let's see, said Karen enthusiastically, as the women all pulled from bags and baskets their offerings for the day's al fresco feast, the last and tastiest element of the afternoon. Karen brought many skewers of cheese, olives, and prosciutto. A healthy kale and lentil salad came out of Chris's trunk. In deference to the friends she knew so well, she added dried cranberries, sunflower seeds, and feta. Shelley had found time to make her famous old-fashioned potato salad decorated with deviled eggs. In a covered plastic box to the side were the iced brownies, which Liz had been making for years to everyone's delight. Mandy supplied everything else, 
including the requisite potato chips, which they had started consuming at exam time back in the day. It wasn't a gathering without a tube or two of those delicious, salty, crunchy rounds of goodness. Sparkling water and a bit of wine washed it all down. After numerous toasts to Chris, to the river, and to each other, the warmth of the late afternoon, the languorous daylight, and the love they all shared led them to linger until every crumb of brownie was gone. Finally, one of them spoke up. Well, my dears, it's time to head back. As each packed up her wrappers and returned lids to the right containers, switching spoons and gathering napkins, they cleaned up the remnants of their picnic, drawing a reluctant close to a magical day. The women's hugs were long and heartfelt. With each annual gathering, they felt the passage of time more acutely and the value of their friendship more strongly. Take care of yourselves, they said in various ways to each other, with the unsaid underlying message, of course, being, I love you. As each pulled away with a soft toot of their horns and waves out the driver's side windows, they turned out of the dusty gravel parking lot and on to the paved road, each heading back to their homes, to the lives they had built after those first days of fondness and fun together. The river of life might take them where it would, but they would never be traveling alone and never get dragged under. Their bonds of affection for each other and the tendrils of time tethered them closely, like the petals of that floating flower, providing all the buoyancy their hearts would ever need. And with that, as you float into your dreams, perhaps seeing figures in the clouds, let's drift off together, and I will wish you a good night and sweet dreams.